hard to believe that it's June already and we're wrapping up season two of Real Estate Renovators. We've really enjoyed our chats with some fantastic guests. In fact, let's take a few minutes to look back at who we've had on the show and hear some of their pearls of wisdom. We opened the season with former CEO of realestate.com.au, Simon Baker, and we're gonna close the season very shortly with part two of my interview with him. Simon told us that real estate businesses must embrace technology and do it properly. So if you're an agent out there and you're wondering you know, what to do with technology, the answer is embrace. Mm. Not just a little bit, a lot, because it's not going away. It's not gonna go back to the days of doing things with flip charts and um, you know, you know, Excel spreadsheets or whatever. It's no, 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 it's, it's the embracing of that technology. And it's not just technology around advertising. It's about technology about running the business from the moment you talk to a vendor or, or look for vendors right through to when you close a transaction and receive your commission. And that complete end-to-end -end process, whether it's around sales or rentals, commercial, residential, doesn't matter. In episode two, Andy Reid, AKA the professional human, said asking everybody what their biggest mistakes were and learning from them means that you'll be ahead of the game. Learn as much of the IQ components as you possibly can, right? Mm. Ask everybody around you what's the biggest mistakes they've made. Because if you can learn from their mistakes, it means you don't have to make them. We've got a broader perspective from best-selling author and founder of It's Culture Baby, Jacob Wolanski, who talked about exactly what a high-quality workplace culture looks like. Ultimately, I said, uh, said directors, it really is about how you do what you do. So everything from the way that you greet each other when you walk in, to the way that you hire, the way that you onboard, the way that you even let people go, the way that you market sales and communicate to your greater audience. Everything really comes down to that, it's almost like a vibe or an energy. So people just experience and they just kind of go, there's something about, I can't put my finger on it, but I really like doing business with you and I want to do more. And I want to, in fact, I want to talk about you and rave about you to everybody that I know. And that really is the ultimate status of what a high quality culture brings. Our good mate Peter Aquilina from Real Estate Dynamics told us that property management isn't what it used to be and why tenants are a great pool of opportunity for agents. The role of a property manager has gone from doing stuff to actually being an advisor. And, and it has really morphed into someone that's a trusted advisor to a landlord and a tenant. Because the other thing that I think historically that we haven't done so well in the industry is the way that we've treated tenants. Now, tenants are an actual amazing pool of opportunity because tenants actually choose to rent these days. And many of them have multiple tenancy uh, managements themselves. They have actual properties they rent out. So, you know, you know agencies really need to focus on their customers um, and training is one of the best ways to get people from an old style of property management to the new. In episode five, my boss, the CEO of PropTech Group, Joe Hanna, outlined how data will make agents better and more able to spend quality time with their clients. Over the next five years, the accessibility and use of data, I think will make agents a lot more efficient. Over the next 10 years, I think agents will become um, better at, or probably spending more of their time focused on relationships, doing what they do well, you know, selling, managing, and nurturing those relationships. Andrew Coronas, Managing Director of Coronas Group, expressed his strong belief that the industry needs to support our top performers and how they can do that in the workplace. 
our model is to try and get our lead agents having a balance between this really high performance, so they're earning the income and doing very big volumes, but also having a life outside real estate, which keeps them sane. Um, I learned that from the All Blacks. Uh, there's, a, there's a gentleman there called uh, Gordon Anoka, who's their high performance coach. And, and that's how they have become one of the best brands in the world, because they manage the player, not just to be a great rugby player, but to be a great person away from the rugby field as well. And I think we've got an industry, we've got to do that with you know, mental health issues rising in our industry. It's our responsibility as leadership in this industry to help our high performance players deliver that. In episode seven, buyer's advocate, Emily Wallace, told us that one of her biggest tasks is to help buyers have realistic expectations and a gold nugget of advice for prospective buyers. Sometimes it's really disheartening and hard to actually comprehend that you're priced out of an area that you wanna be in. The longer it takes for you to realize that, the more missed opportunity you're having in the surrounding suburbs that you possibly could afford. So the golden nugget would be to be really quick to assess the market and move on. As soon as you realize you can't afford, move on. What's next? What's the next best thing I can get into? The highly experienced Director of Operations at Harcourts International, Mike Green, talked about what makes a great agent, how they care for the client and focus on outcomes for them rather than just commissions. Great agents are competitive. Um, great agents are compassionate. They, you know, they do care. You know, you hear, you know, um, stories, but the, the really great agents really do care, and they're focused on outcomes for clients, not on commissions. And in episode nine, principal of Agents Agency, formerly the EVU Group, Manos Fintakakis, gave the most succinct summary of the real estate business we've ever heard. I have a, I have a saying, a volume is vanity and profit is sanity. Right. So always look at the volume that uh, an agent uh, is going to do and just say, okay, where's where can we get the biggest bang for your buck and where, where can we have profit into your business? That one does hit you right between the eyes. Those were a few of the insights we were privileged to get from some of the most successful people in real estate. And it brings us to the end of season two of Real Estate Renovators. Thanks to everyone for tuning in and we look forward to seeing you again soon. To round things out, we're completing the circle with part two of my chat with Simon Baker. When it comes to technology and any services-based industry, especially bigger ticket items, it seems like where we thought maybe technology might replace the role of these providers, let's think about maybe mortgage brokers mm -hmm. or um, real estate agents, what we're actually finding is that the quality agents and the quality brokers are actually winning more and more business because of their relationships that they've got and because of the value that they give to clients um, and the smaller guys that aren't providing as much value and being more transactional are giving less value. So do you think technology will thin out the sector and help the best providers succeed more or do you think it'll be more of the same? I think you have two things. The, the way the industry is currently structured will change. And you can see this happening overseas already. So not all real estate agents are the same. There are super productive ones that engage with technology, that allow technology to do the mundane tasks and that they then focus on the relationship side. They will thrive, not just survive, they will thrive and, and, and grow dramatically. Right down to the other end of the spectrum, you'll see a lot of the guys who are sort of old school, not really using technology the way they should or not wanting to adopt, not knowing how to adopt, their, their livelihood be, will be at risk, okay? And, and so that's the case of adopt or, um, you know, or, or you will be left behind. Yeah. But there's another change that's occurring as well. It will be the entrance of new players. 
Because when you think about it, the world of selling real estate was all about, you know, I'm a specialist in the area or I can tell you the value of your house because I've sold 30 like this around you know, the area and so on. And before you know it, you're sort of like a closed club. Mm. But the reality is when you strip out a lot of the stuff, so the valuation is now done by an AVM, automated valuation model. You know, the house is what the house is, more or less. Okay. Um, you can run an auction online through technology. You can have all the documents prepared around the sale. The marketing can be automated. Well, that allows new entrants to enter. So in other markets, you're seeing portals into the market, mm. right? And they are focusing on sales. Now, are they focusing on sales at the secondary market? No, they're just focusing on the primary market. Okay, they'll go to a developer. They will say, I can actually move the stock for you. Let's do a deal for exclusivity and such. I'll take my four, five, 6% commission. And then they have their own sales team mm. doing it. So you're gonna see a change in the structure of the industry. You're seeing, now rentals is where you see a lot of change. Now, the whole concept of, oh, I'll go and I'll, I'll search online, I'll find a rental, I'll go ring the agent, I'll go and look at the rental before renting it and so on, gone, right? Yeah. Nowadays, people are in, in many markets, they go online, they deal with a portal. But it's not a portal like an REA, it's a different sort of portal. Um, and that portal says, oh, you like this place? And they give you the full immersive experience online. You go, yes, I do. You put in your details, they do a credit check on you. They may then offer you some financing products, like a deposit loan, for example, or, or, or insurance products. You then reserve the property online through your credit card. Everything gets pre-approved. You then move in. That portal will then also manage that rental for you. So you just pay the portal yeah. every month. They take it out of your bank account or credit card or however you're paying for it. You have a problem, you have an app, you say, oh, the plumbing broken, da da da, plumber clicked, da da. Seamlessly, a guy turns up in either one hour or one day or whatever the problem is. And that's all managed by a portal. You don't see a property manager, there's a number you call, and away you go. That's the future, right? Yeah. That, that, that. So the question is, that whole world of, of property management, the way we used to know it, unless you are moving with the times and adopting this sort of you know, way of engaging, you, you will be left behind. Yeah, and it, you know, in, in any market, a duopoly or a monopoly is not great, right? So we know that if the biggest players like the portals take control of the consumer experience, it's bad for agents, but it's bad for consumers as well. So um, I, I know that we hear a lot about the, the, those, those kind of fears at the moment in the real estate market in Australia. Um, when you're talking about global markets, that's obviously, um, that's happened globally in some, some markets, that, that kind of disruption, if you want to call it, in the real estate market. What else, in, in, if you're an agent in Australia now, from a technology standpoint, what should you be worried about? What's changed in global markets that might affect our market here? Yeah, so there's, there's two things. I'll start with your premise. I don't think it's necessarily bad for agents or, 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 or bad for the consumer, okay? Um, I think what it does is it shows that there are other ways of doing business. Okay, and and the the Ray Whites and the the the, the um, large players out there, they're very much thinking about how they streamline the whole process. Mm. Okay, the world the world doesn't revolve around the portals, and there are many many other ways of finding listings on the market. When I when I was chairman of Machula, you know, we we could find the same listing in a market from seven, eight, nine, ten different sources. Okay, so if you're an agent out there, don't don't necessarily rely on a portal for all your leads. I mean, you can have um, individual landing pages for your portal. You can have, you know, um, run a run instead of spending thousands on on a single ad on a, an area or a domain. You can take a little bit of that and put it into 
Google AdSense, right? And drive uh, AdWords and to drive traffic mm. to, to uh, that landing page. There are many other things that you can do. Okay, that's, so that's the, I don't subscribe to the, the, the premise. Okay. Now, in terms of um, uh, technologies that are out there, right? You know, as, as a, as a, as a uh, agent, you, you have to really look at what's best in market. So if you're in Australia, you've got to have, you start with your CRM. Your CRM sits on your desktop, whether it's uh, for property management, whether it's for sales, right? You, you need to make sure, because that's the, the hub. That's where you engage every day. It, it sort of tells you what to do. It, it, it sends you the messages to your phone saying, hey, call this person, send this email, mm. and so on. Okay? Getting a best of breed one is very important than my desktops and the vaults of the world, et cetera, because they're the ones that will then help integrate everything else. Because around that hub, you want to integrate your marketing plan. Oh, I want to. I don't want to just put it on an REA domain. I also want to run some a Google AdWords campaign. I want to have it on my own website, and so on. Dot 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 dot. Right? You you have this sort of thing that goes out that way. You might want to have finance products. So you're you're talking to a a vendor who's coming in and saying, you know, well, do you want to do some sort of uh, uh, finance product? Or maybe you're talking to a potential renter. You know, they then integrate these finance products in, and suddenly I can say to a renter. We've done the automatic credit check on you. Um, would you, you know, you're, you're approved to rent this house. You need to put uh, down uh, you know, a bond of one or two months or whatever it may be. Would you like to finance that? Mm. Here it is. It's, and it's all done, right? That's yep. the integrate. And it should be all done through the hub. Or maybe it's um, uh, other lead management products. You know, you want someone to say, well, you know, Bill, you've sent a lead in. We've, we've, we've quality scored that lead. You're not a hot lead. Okay. Yeah. But you're someone who we think is going to be in the market in, in three to six months. Now, unless you're on top of that, that lead will vaporize. You will disappear and I'll forget about you and, and maybe you'll contact me later. But if I'm proactive, I'm keeping in touch with you, just drip feeding. You know, today, maybe in two weeks, another two weeks, and then I've worked out that maybe after three months I want to go to weekly. Okay? Sure. And get you engaged. And then I'll just ask you questions. And, and what we've learned from the Facebooks of the world is that people love to tell the world about themselves. <laughs> so if I ask you questions, hey, Bill, where do you live? What sort of job you have? Uh, why are you looking at moving? You'll, give, you'll answer some of these questions over time. Okay? No. And I build a profile of you. And then once I've got that profile, I then know how best to market to you. Okay? But that's why it comes back to this central hub, which is quite critical. All these little products will sit around the hub and make life much easier for an agent to operate. And it sounds like it's it's ever more important to know your customer and have a deep yes. understanding of their of what they want to do, what they actually do, where they consume information, so that you've got a better opportunity to talk to them where they want to be spoken to, um, and and help them make a decision that's 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 meaningful to them. Yes, absolutely. If you don't understand what the customer wants, someone else will. Yeah. Right. There's always going to be someone out there who's better than you thinking about it uh, more in depth than you and we'll be offering better products so if you if you if you do work with with someone work with people who are helping you think about um, how you can do your job better right and how they can take a lot of the heavy lifting off your plate so you can then focus on what you're good at and if I'm a real estate agent I'm probably good at dealing with people I'm probably good at talking to vendors probably good at helping get the deal negotiated because that's they're, they're the sort of skills that are very hard to hard to automate right because mm. if we're having a negotiation and the agents in the middle trying to negotiate that's not an automated process all yeah. the time okay maybe if i'm buying something off the plan yeah it's, it's like the price is the price and i can give you a 10 percent discount 
and that's about it. But if it's you're selling your house and I'm buying your house, mm. well, there's there's quite a lot of flexibility in that conversation. So that's yeah. where the agent really does create a lot of value. So how does technology remove all the rubbish and allow you to focus on where you create the most value? Yeah, it's, um, it, it goes back to that re being relationship-driven and knowledge-driven rather than, you know, sure, knowing the valuation in an area, we can do that te through technology. You know, making your 100 calls a day, we can do a lot of that touch point through technology. It's really about what value you can provide to actual vendors and buyers yeah. and, um, and, you know, and using technology to do all the, all the legwork effectively. Yeah. You know? And that, let me come back to a, 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 your, your premise before about, you know, the, uh, you know, the REA and domain and, the, you know, the, the gorillas in the market. If, if I'm an agent, the thing that I can do better than they will ever be able to do is know my local market. Mm. They'll know Richmond, right? For example, in Victoria, they'll know Richmond. They'll know it via stats. They'll know it via AVM models, via whatever um, data they get from the governments. But they won't know it intimately on the ground. They won't mm. know, oh, there's, a, there's the, you know, down the corner that house was just going to be sold and it's going to be demolished in a, you know, Yep. 10 story apartment block going up. Those sort of things won't be known as, as intimately. And it's about that level of intimacy within a knowledge area that I think gives the agent a lot of um, advantage in this conversation. So you say, well, how do I take the best of what's happening? The automation, the automation, the, um, the, the a good CRM system, leveraging the right tools around it, and then apply my local knowledge and my local understanding so that I can truly differentiate myself from you know, the automated person that comes along and, and tries to automate the complete process. No, it makes total sense. One final question, Simon, mm -hmm. a bit of a different one. Yep. If you had a um, million dollars to invest in technology for the, in the real estate sector today, mm -hmm. where would it go and why? So you can invest, there's multiple ways. You can either invest in part of the ecosystem or you invest across the complete ecosystem and for me it's about you know placing the bets across the the prop tech ecosystem you know I, I, and and i invest in yeah as i said about 30 or different businesses they're all almost all of them are in the prop tech space yeah now the reason i like that is because the use of technology is going up um the 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 capacity of that technology to truly change and, and make more efficient the real estate process is is increasing. There's more and more adoption by agents and developers, not just in Australia, but around the world for using this technology. And if they don't adopt, they'll be replaced. I mean, mm. let's just be blunt about it, right? Yeah. Um, so let's assume that they do adopt. Um, so I think by spreading that investment across the prop tech industry is what makes sense, which is one of the reasons I invest in the prop tech group, right? Because it's not just a single shot product. I'm not just investing in one thing, but I'm investing in the ecosystem. And all ecosystems start with a hub. Yeah. And the hub in this case is the Vault and the My Desktop and Eagle type software. Yeah. And then it's about saying, now there's a team in there. So we go back to the conversation at the beginning about quality of teams, whose job is then to find the right elements, the spokes around the hub to put in so that it all works together to make the life of the agent a lot easier. Now, if that works, then you know the fear the agents have about being reliant on the REA and domain to live for the, for, for the rest of their lives evaporates because they now have far more control over their own future. Mm. And that's why I've, if I was gonna invest another million, 
right? Because I've already have. Yeah. Right? <laughs> it would be in this space. Well, I might be biased, but it sounds like we're both telling everyone to invest in, but not a prop tech group at the moment. So um, that's, that's a good no, message. No, to... invest, invest where you want to invest. But I think from a, from a parcel of goods, from a, from a way in which you can achieve some good outcome from investment, that's, there's going to be prop tech. And you've seen that around the world. You've seen yep. the growth of a lot of the, the, these plays. They're, they're the ones who are building strong technology, strong linkage of their technologies, and are helping fundamentally make the real estate process from, from selling through buying or renting through finding a renter um, as smooth and as efficient as possible, then you will create value. And, and, the, and, the, and the thing that I think is going to make it far more um, clear for everyone is that the young generation coming through, they don't have patience. Everything's got to be done on the phone. It's got to be done um, instantaneously. They don't want to deal with people. They don't, you know, they, 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 they look at cryptocurrency, right? They look at this current banking system, the, the Westpacs and the NABs of the world as old world banks you know yeah. they, they they the crypto is, is something they've got they can have it's instantaneous there are no fees in the process so and these are the buyers and renters and sellers and landlords of the future keep building the business for the future very insightful simon and thank you and um i think you know if i take something away from today it's that if i'm an agent out there today I know that if I do the right things and I build good relationships and I've got really good understanding about my local street-based sort of um, marketplace, that technology is not going to replace me. It's probably going to enhance my business, which, which is great for the agent. Uh, thank you very much for your time, Simon. It was really, really insightful. Thanks, Bill. What a man. Just when we thought we got enough from episode one with Simon Baker, he's just the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> and I think, you know, we talk about technology in real estate, but we don't talk about technology as a whole. If you were to start off, for example, Bill, as an agent, you 20 years ago, you have access now to personal branding, marketing, automated technology, all from your iPhone. You can create a personal brand on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, technology. There's just no ends to what it can do to benefit you as an agent or a business owner. It's the way of the future. Am I right, Rexy? It is, I think. And we've got more technology now than ever before, not just in real estate, in any business you could think of. And you've got more access to information. It's all there for you. And But it's still a service business. And I, I keep hounding on it. But you know, people, when they engage a real estate agent, they're selling or buying their most valuable asset. You're buying now. You know, mm. it's a, it's a, It needs to be a personal business. So a technology should be an enabler. Uh, I think a few of our guests have said that in the past as well. Um, that issue it enables the agents to do what they do and takes Correct. out the admin side of it or you know gives them more time to be able to provide better service. I think what it can do is it can increase your awareness and your personal brand. But if you are not a good agent or a good business owner or a good real, uh, a real estate agent, yeah. <laughs> lawyer, recruiter, any industry, you have to have the backing behind you and you have to be excellent at what you do. But technology gets your name out there, your face out there, and your brand out there faster than ever before. Yeah, the good thing about technology is that it's a great equalizer, right? Where it used to be where if you were a big company, you had access to some pretty cool technology, but it was really expensive, and the little guys couldn't catch up. Whereas now, there is really good technology at super affordable prices. I mean, the prices that real estate agents pay for these super powerful CRMs is so affordable at the moment. 
you know, the average estate agent pays about $250 for the CRM. Uh, that's an agency each month, right? And that runs their entire business. What you talked about, it does their signboards, does their brochures, it does their CRMs, does their sales, prospecting, all out of that one system at $250 a month. And so it, so it super equalizes the industry so that if you're a, a really good agent now, provides really good service and knows your stuff, well, all that other technology takes care of all those other menial tasks that, you know, that, like I said, the, the bigger companies used to always have it, but now it's, it's flowed through to smaller players and it equalizes the industry, which is always good as well. Absolutely. I think, you know, like we said, and, and I think a lot of our guests have preached the same thing. And we've, when we've spoken to CEOs, successful agents, they've all said the same thing. Technology can help you and it can take away a lot of the medial tasks. But in the end, the reality is the real estate industry and a lot of service-based industries, it's about the people. And technology can never take away the fact that it's this people service industry. And I think your industry is the same, Rexy. Like, you Ours know, is the same. Ours is a lot behind. I suppose law is a lot behind in real estate in terms of how lawyers use CRM programs. And we still have paper being printed all over the office and admin staff doing things when technology in real estate and other businesses have expanded that and used technology properly for it. Yeah, you know, it's funny being in the industry that we're in here working for PropTech Group. Um, I remember we were joking, the sales team was joking around recently because a client told them that, that takes them, it, take, it only takes them 30 minutes to do an account sales. Only takes them 30 minutes. If you had the right software, you literally press a button. You know, so um, so it's it's a click it's a click of a mouse, not even a button. It's not not a PlayStation. Yeah. But you click of a mouse, um, and and it does your account sales for you. So you know, really, it's about you know saving time on those types of tasks. Where you know there can be human error, but also just a long time to do things that aren't valuable. Um, I think as a business owner, that's when then you need to sit down and know what technology is available for your business and be adapted and implemented throughout your business. So you're saving time. You don't have to wait someone's half an hour to do something. You can do it with one button. That's right. Absolutely. Saving time, saving money, getting a faster, fast, you, you, your, your employees are doing things faster and better than before, which allows you to focus on the end goal, which but is It also allows the employees to spend that extra half an hour to service a client by calling them and having that human interaction with them because they're not wasting that time doing these sales when they could have just pressed the button. Exactly right. Now, I'm going to draw it, take it to my guest. What's your favorite tech platform? Ooh, that's a good one. Mm. Favorite tech platform? Uh, well, I mean, if, if, if depending on what you mean, but um, <laughs> we, won't, we won't make it work related. Keep it PG, huh? We won't make it work related. <laughs> but I've got to say that I'm a little bit obsessed at the moment with TikTok, and I know that you Just guys know bit. that. Yeah. I'm a little bit obsessed with TikTok because. Weren't you wanting is, to do a TikTok dance for us? I'm, Phil? I'm into it. I'm into it. You're ready I'm to not, go? I, I don't think you'll ever see me do a TikTok dance. But <laughs> we're just talking about how amazing technology is and how TikTok. The first time you get onto TikTok and it's a bunch of 18-year-old girls doing dances, but you watch it enough and then it's like your partner gets accounting videos. You know, I get the difference God making cocktails and I get technology and history videos and it is just the algorithm. So I just think it's an awesome piece of tech and the way the, the, way the algorithm works is so fantastic and how it gets to know you so quickly. It's just It's just amazing to me. Rexy? Uh, I'm still just new to TikTok, so I'm still getting the 18 year old girls dancing. So, um, it actually focuses on your algorithm, so you must be tapping on a lot of girls. <laughs> I'm not single anymore, so no, I'm not doing any of that. Interesting. So, what would yours be then? Uh, don't know. At the moment, anything about self education, and um, I think self education is the best education, so I try to always. 
give myself knowledge. So, mm. well, you, but my YouTube's, TikTok doesn't do that. YouTube's pretty amazing at that, right? Like, exactly. When it comes to education, you can. You know, I know people that have learned to play the piano on, on YouTube. You, know? you can learn anything from from YouTube and TikTok now. Like the things that I've learned from TikTok. <laughs> what have you learned? How to good, do a good winged eyeliner. Ah, yeah, okay. <laughs> I've learned a lot. I, I mean, that anything means. that I need assistance with, I jump on TikTok. I'd say my favorite is still Spotify. I love a podcast. So yeah. Spotify for me, you know, to be able to sit in and listen into conversations with the likes of Elon Musk and, you know, Joe Rogan. And I'm part of that conversation in my ears while I'm going for a walk. I still find that that's really fascinating. So we can learn in a way that people could not learn 20 years ago. Do you reckon there's any podcasts on how I can style my hair better? <laughs> it's called toupee.com. <laughs> anyway, guys, we will leave you with that. We hope you've enjoyed the second part of our interview with the absolutely fascinating, brilliant man that is Simon Baker. And we'll see you on the next episode of Real Estate Renovators. Bye for now. Yes.